0: Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital. This is cool America.
1: Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. We're back, guys. 37 more weeks of this. I was Roma Club DC at Ireland
2: Four Courts for week one of Roma versus Atalanta? Amazing. What a turnout for the first game. Tad, do you think it was because we put that free beer up there, or is it, is it really because of the hype of the, of the season? Well, thanks to
0: Four Courts for giving us a free beer, but that free beer was Miller Light. Which I'm pretty sure uh, they didn't actually give us Miller Lite. They just had other like Chelsea fans who are watching Chelsea and Tottenham pee in a bottle yeah. and just give it to us.
2: Well, it was a rhetorical question because I know everybody was super hyped for the game. Ended up being a pretty decent game, kind of a grind out. I guess you'll talk touch on that a little bit later. But it was uh, it was just a great experience. Even got to raffle off some ratchet posters. <laughs> yeah,
0: Leslie didn't win, but uh, done one which. Uh, I guess for all the people out there in podcast line, I have no idea who that is. Um,
1: Romanista, because he went to Rome. Because because
0: he went to Rome and (laughs) saw us lose 3 1 in the Derby. (laughs) You may or
2: may not see him
0: at a Nats Park. Yeah, he he looks like he works at Nats Park for sure. So sorry, Dunn. I know you listen to the podcast, but you look like you take tickets at Nats Park. (laughs) Um, Yeah, amazing to be back. You know, you miss hanging out with the guys so much. We try and get together, you know, when we can uh, over the summer. You know, we have the crawfish boil and whatnot. So it was it was awesome to see everybody. You know, noon on a Sunday, great times. Actually, uh, Texas Nick, uh, Nick Sementelli, new Fabio, Chris. Tried to pull his own Chris Ross and sprawl out on the uh, in the it's most me. comfortable spot.
1: If I'm, if I'm not taking that seat, somebody
0: else is. It's too comfortable.
2: Except he smelled the urine on it, though, and I think that <laughs> distracted him. You've been hanging around dogs already too much. Yeah, he, and he
0: didn't pull the the true Chris Ross by uh, pulling up the shirt to let the tum out a little bit to no. get to get a little to get a little sunlight we're there. We're not
2: we're not there yet. I'll tell you what; it was nice not having any any of those. Uh, Redskins fans hanging around. Usually they're moping about. Yeah, you know? yeah. Usually, you know, it's good. It's good
0: to get one or two in on a Sunday before. By the time you know that you're watching the game. A bunch of Redskins or Cowboys fans are like, "What is what is this soccer stuff you watch? Shit, it's stupid." Yeah, it was. Uh, I wasn't
1: there, but I saw the photos. Uh, loving Roma Club DC, but great that the game was on TV, guys. Thank you, be Hope to see more of that this season. Live, not on the internet. It was great, um, and so we didn't have NFL to deal with, but. We did have a reminder that the NFL is coming, guys. Serie A might be introducing a controversial feature that is in the NFL already and is just starting this season. Video Assistance Referee, or VAR, begins in the European Soccer Leagues this season and it had a significant impact on many of the games in the Serie A this opening weekend. So guys, after seeing it for the first time, what did you think of VAR making an appearance in Serie A?
0: First of all, var or VAR sounds like Alexander Kolarov's favorite dance that he never does. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm 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 pro VAR. I think it's it's high time that uh, you know the, the soccer leagues uh, picked up something like this because there's so many obvious blown calls um, that you know instant replay shows it. I, I think that you know you can do it in a tactful way. Um, that doesn 't slow down the speed of play because again nobody wants a bunch of play stoppage, but you know all the things that are coming out of the complaints are this is. It's just like the things we complain about all the time. Nobody read the instructions before they started playing the game. They just reacted to something they didn't like, and then they farted out a bunch of comments in 140 characters on Twitter. I mean, guys, this is going to work itself out. You just need to understand what the actual rules are. The future is here. It is not going away. And finally, VAR managed to do something that no Italian referee hasn't been able to, to do. It stopped Juventus from cheating.
1: Uh, that's a little cold, but, uh, I, I'm, uh, kind take. definitely on, uh, <laughs> definitely on the, uh, thought that NFL, man, I mean, one of the things I love, I'm getting into soccer so much is the NFL, just every 30 seconds, we got a flag on the play. We got something that just breaking up the, the fluidity of the game. Uh, that that's definitely going to be in uh, an effect and, uh,
0: I but, agree with but, you, but Ted. But like, that's, the, that's the extreme right there, so it's going to end up being the NFL.
1: Well, after this weekend, I mean, of all the games we covered, did we not all have something about VAR in our games?
0: No, not really. You, I you, mean, one or two things that people commented on through the whole season. Yeah. I mean,
2: well, well, you want to hear about an extreme. That You want to hear my view on it. I mean, first of all, Chris, uh, you said, I think you said it, it, it could potentially come to the city, yeah, uh, it's here. The VAR is here. By the way, the VAR sounds like uh, it's like a death eater sent by Lord Voldemort, aka the founder of OTFR, to suck the soul out of football as we know it. And guys, I love baseball, basketball, American football, really do. But if there's one thing that I can't stand about American sports, it's the stoppages. It ruins the flow of the game. Quite frankly, I like the human error associated with refereeing. And it's why they get paid the big bucks. I mean, you don't get to retake a shot you miss in front of net if you're a forward, so you shouldn't get the chance to change a bad call. It takes the drama out of the game, and honestly, I, I just don't know. I don't like the direction it's heading, like you were saying, uh, Chris. You know, the next thing you know, we're going to start running commercials during video review. <laughs> uh, you know, where there's money to be made, the rats will flood in.
1: I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be growing pains, pain, guys. Uh, tad, as, a, as an Irishman, I. i'm sure you remember right ireland uh oh yeah losing the world cup because thierry henry well
0: they didn't lose the world cup chris sebastian swinestogger lost the world cup they did
1: not get to the world cup because of a handball
0: yeah i mean i remember i flew to flew to ireland right after that actually it wasn't right after it was like six months later and it said in in the uh, dublin airport said welcome to ireland unless you're thierry henry yeah (laughs) but uh uh yeah, I mean, you you to, to be able to correct that obvious error, you know. I mean, imagine imagine no uh, mano di dios uh, yeah, right. you know, in this world. But no, I'm all all the pedigree in the history of soccer is fine the way it is. But honestly, I think that uh, it, the game needs an upgrade, and that to be able to take away some of these obvious obvious things, especially Italian soccer, that has a whole lot of a uh, controversy behind. You know, paying off refs and stuff like that—the history behind all that. I mean, let's just let's just get that out of there.
2: Am I the only person who kind of likes diving? <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh,
1: it doesn't stop it. We'll find out in one of my games that even with VAR, it can still it can still I, happen. I like
0: diving. There needs to be a loophole yeah. that they're still allowed to dive because I mean that, that's it's just hilarious. It's yeah. Just like
2: an Oscar,
0: if you're <laughs> able to get past the VAR. We need to, we, <laughs> we need to implement in this podcast a dive of the week yeah.
2: yeah or VAR for
1: our
0: podcast we'll have to review different, yeah. different yeah. commentary yeah Curve, Curve America VAR <laughs> where, we, where we take away where we yellow card somebody for diving yeah alright guys well
1: clearly there's gonna be a fight over the pros and cons of this all season definitely gonna be some growing pains but speaking of fighting guys as a boxing fan it's fight week we got McGregor and Mayweather on Saturday been, been talking about this fight for months now
2: Guys, who are you taking in the fight of the century? I'm going to take Mayweather. I know he's the uh the over on the bet. I just uh I can't stand when somebody comes in talking all the trash. You got to prove yourself first, McGregor. I know you're you're doing big things, but you have been beaten in UFC and uh now you're coming into Mayweather's turf. He's unbeaten. You got to show a little respect. Yeah, I
0: mean We've been talking about the pros and cons of VAR. Well, this is a pro versus a con-er in this fight. Well Very done. Nice. I well mean, done. Come on now. Right. That wasn't even the
2: applause on that one. wasn't even Gold in the clap. notes on that one. Gold that was clap. perfect.
0: Oh, these are my secret notes, man. I got I got the <laughs> secret, I nice see so y'all don't be stealing my material. <laughs> just, just, pull, <laughs> just pull it right out. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Conor McGregor doesn't have a chance He's like, it was like, oh, he could catch him with one and knock him out. The one thing that Floyd Mayweather is known for is you can't hit him in the head, you can't hit him square. So there's just no way this happened. The only way Conor McGregor is going to win this game, win this fight, is if they just go, all right, you can choke him out, or all right, you can kick him in the face.
1: <laughs> I am uh, team boxing all the way. I've been interested in boxing since high school, so rooting for Mayweather for the sport of boxing. But I will say McGregor is. Uh, His shadow boxing was terrible, and I think he's going to get crushed. But having said that, if he lands one, if he just goes all out brawler in the first three rounds, I could see him winning the fight. If
0: Conor McGregor beats Floyd Mayweather in this fight, it's a wrap on boxing. Chris, Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna forty
2: years old, man, forty. You're going to have to set up a gym in the back of your house, man. And you no one's going to better
0: say MMA if he wants to get anybody to come work here. Yeah. He's going to be able to change that necklace from two boxing gloves to two, you know, whatever rinky-dink gloves they have in MMA. So
1: looking forward to that this weekend. Uh, definitely team boxing for me. All right, guys. So looking forward to that this weekend. Definitely looking at boxing. But let's get back to soccer. We've got social media that we tweet and Instagram and post on all about Syria throughout the week um you can find us on twitter facebook instagram uh all curve america all one word we've got an email account fabio curve com. you can find our podcast on uh, asroma360.com which is an AS Roma, uh, um blog that you can uh, read articles about the team on and then tad your favorite where can you find us on our platforms
0: well of course we're on soundcloud and we're on google play and i guess once we shake over the bazillion times we worked uh, on uh, uh, this is the podcast over the summer, we'll get on like Stitcher and and, and Spotify,
2: and that guy. Well, of- well, iTunes as well.
0: Yes, and iTunes, which is getting into what I would like to say, guys. Please rate and comment, subscribe, share. Uh, we've been doing live tweeting uh, during the games. So Have had a lot of great interactions, guys. Please fire those questions out there. Um, you know, big shout out for Rocco uh, this week for throwing some comments out there um and we've been doing a lot of live tweeting during the games getting some great interaction with people so guys throw those questions out there big shout out to at dare marky mark lemke thanks for the support on the podcast big shout out to fan who came fan and friend or listener and friend of, of the podcast rocco came to our event up in uh boston great getting some great interactions and guys Outside of that, big shout out to Umberto's.
1: Yeah, Umberto's Pizza giving us some swag. Well, I guess not even swag because we're the ones who got the T-shirts. But uh, we well, want to thank. He gave us
2: partial ownership to the pizza <laughs> shop. Yeah.
1: Another shout out, definitely with uh, Tony there. If, if you're in Fairlawn, New Jersey, uh, down the shore, down in Bruce Springsteen territory near Rumson, Fairlawn, New Jersey, we highly recommend uh, Umberto's Pizza for uh, for a slice. Uh, thanks for the T-shirts, Tony. Thanks for their, uh, reaching out on social media at Umberto's. All right, so there's uh, our social media. Rate and comment, as always, as Tad likes to remind you. Let's go to it, guys. We've got week one. We've got our first rundown of the season, so here we go. This week, we're going to dive into all the action that unfolded in the opening weekend of the new Serie A season. Marco can hardly contain himself. He's worse than that new puppy he's got at home.
0: Mamma mia.
1: <laughs> Dabala starts his number 10 era, while Roma begins their era without a number 10. That one, that one stings. Both Milan teams start their season living up to the hype. Quags Qualiarella goes off for Sampdoria, and OTFR Waste Week 1 staring into the reflection of their Super Cup trophy. All the drama unswirling around VAR. Guys, let's get into it.
0: Oh, I've been waiting for that. You hear that crack, Curve Americans? That's the sound of three stars, peppercorn on. It may sound like something you think that Pepper the Podcasting Pug does behind a locked bathroom door, but we assure you, it's a delicious, balanced craft taste brewed less than a mile away from your favorite soccer podcast studio. To the football! Whoops, that's the wrong favorite soccer podcast. We give this beer here at Curve America not one star, not two stars, not four stars, but three stars. Three stars. That's on the flag or something here, right guys? DC flag. When you drink three, scar- three stars beer, remember to go to iTunes and give Curve America five stars. Yeah, Very killing nice. it. All right. That's the, that's the famous... <laughs> that's the latest and famous shameless plug, local beer of the week. All right. I'm
1: going to join you, Tad. Let's do this. Let's jump to the first five. All right, guys. So usually we do the top five of the table, but because it's only one week in the books, it doesn't make much sense to do it that way. So... At any rate, we're going to start with Juventus because they're usually at the top. We're going to start with Juventus versus Cagliari. This one finished 3-0. Juventus trampling a bomberless Cagliari. Borello's on his way out. And man, could they have used him uh, in this game. Marco, what do you got?
2: Three Musketeers strike again. Start off by Super Mario Manzukic and then followed by Fat Man and Robin. Now, if you're a new listener, Fat Man and Robin are Iguain and Dybala. Super Mario Manzukic should be pretty straightforward, but I uh, just want to toss that out, get everybody up to speed. Fatboy G. So after Buffon blocks Farias' penalty, after Mandzukic's goal, it's really all just downhill for Uantus, Uh and that's downhill on a bike, kind of just strolling easy, wind through the hair.
1: Shocker that Juve
2: is on a bike already. <laughs> that's right. And uh, really... The mighty VAR takes its first victim of the season in Alexandro
1: Here we go. I'm detecting a theme already. VAR rearing its ugly head.
2: I mean, after you watch the the replay, there's an element of diving in there um, that I would love to be considered. Now let me let me tell you what I'm what I'm getting at here. If you get clipped in the box, all right, PK, you know, but the my issue with diving, even though I, I kinda like it. You know, if you pretend like you're you're never going to be able to walk again, you're rolling around, you're trying to get a player red carded, I think that you should get a card. So in this situation, it looks like uh, <laughs> Alexandro almost blows off the forward's leg. He's going to be okay. Okay, it's a PK. But the guy's acting like uh, Alexander took out his freaking knee. And what he needs to do is just get up and stop acting so hard. So,
1: so I- my question is 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 this card that you're predict or proposing it's going to be something like excessive celebration excessive acting accepting
2: excessive, excessive I, acting
0: I think yeah excessive acting I think it shouldn't the card should not be have a color assigned to it I think they should pull it out and it's Chiellini's face <laughs> <laughs>
2: or Louis Suarez's turn them the face Turn the stone yeah. <laughs> So but we guys we have to talk about the second goal because Giannis' one time through ball over the top of the defense was something that you only see out of Totti's passing playbook. That's right, Juve fans. That was a Totti pass. And Dibala takes it down, fakes the curl back post instead. He goes near post U9, and out comes the mask, guys.
1: Yeah, there it is. Are Dybala, you, the you, famous mask.
2: He loves to do that pointy face with his fingers, and that's why we call him Robin. Uh, but I was thinking about it, guys. You know, Dibala gets that number 10. Uh, the least he can do is pull a real mask out Like Obama Yang did last season I don't know if you guys caught that But he pulled out a Nike mask And then got fined by his own club Because they're sponsored by Puma That's, yeah. <laughs> And Dortmund's got to get with it too But no, but I feel like Dybala could definitely be pulling out One of those masks out of his jock strap Or, or his uh, socks I really like that so, speaking of Dibala, guys, had a great game, really dangerous. Uh, I want to give you guys a chief pronunciator, Italian word of the day. This will be st- uh, a new segment that we're going to start this season. And the word is pennello or paintbrush. And I think this is the perfect way to describe Dibala's left foot. Every time he takes a, a swipe at the ball, he curls it. And it's like that it's like moving that paintbrush on a nice canvas, painting a perfect portrait of a beautiful goal.
0: Hashtag most Italian thing ever that we're now equating painting to soccer.
2: Sounds about right. Yep. So Sandro, again, showing off why he's such a beast. He had a really solid performance and a nice assist to Fat Boy G on the third goal. Uh, I mean, that sealed the deal, guys. Uh, it looks like Chelsea was able to squeeze around 45 million euros out for uh, from Atletico for... Um, Diego Costa which is really worrisome if you're a Juve fan because I can definitely see Chelsea kind of dumping all of it on improving their left winger but guys let's not forget that Chelsea's now in the champions and even though Alonso was impressive last season and basically crowned himself the king of London this past weekend Sandro is better and they could have to share playing time between the league and European play so I think that that transfer is still on you know out there. gotta be careful
0: no way they're not getting rid of bonucci Alves, and alexandra in the same season
2: well we'll see about that man money talks but as one of our loyal roma club fans said guys let's not get too carried away from this game because we all know that Cagliari, especially without their talisman bodiello from last season i mean they're just gonna have a tough time this year it's it's really sad you know
1: definitely less entertaining from a podcasting perspective. We love Borriello.
0: Well, he's staying in Syria. I so. know,
1: but but covering Cagliari just got a whole lot less interesting. So, Tad, let's talk about Cagliari for a second. Uh what is their game plan and how are they going to get some goals this season?
0: Well, um I'm glad you asked the uh uh the resident expert yeah i'm well i'm glad you asked the resident expert on calgary uh considering that the whole entire reason why i might enjoy following this team outside of the fact that i have a <laughs> calgary jersey has now been shipped off to spall and by the way my team is spall so cheers thanks for that <laughs> we're trading um <laughs> anyway so you know what's all the stuff about Borella rolling away uh so quickly um you know, he did get in a big spat with Rustelli uh, when he got subbed off in the in the Palermo uh preseason game. But I think it just boils down to money. Spall's paying him more money, and Borrello's you know 35 years old, so he's trying to cash in I, as much as he can.
1: I actually saw that today. There's this article on him. Uh, he posted like a whole explanation on Instagram saying it's not about the team. It wasn't about the coach. It, it just does sound like money. That's what it, he's. He, what did he say? He said it was about. Uh, um, as a 35 year old, I need to feel the fire for the team. So he wasn't feeling it for Cagliari. He needed a new challenge.
0: Um, but anyways, uh, what are they going to do to get to get the goals? Uh, well, union Sardo came out with a you know with a hot take that they're going to go after Simone Zaza. Um, that seems highly unlikely because Zaza just signed a big deal with Valencia. Um, it seems like the more obvious replacement is that they are going to get Pavaletti uh, from Napoli. Pavaletti's actually. F- Absolutely wasting away on Napoli's bench. He's gonna walk right into a starting job. Calliury have the money to do it now. So look out, curve Americans. Pavoletti coming to Cagliari.
2: So yeah, another point I just wanted to 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 make on this game is that Douglas Costa really looking sharp. And he's taking on a more passing role. You see that, you know, he's really good at dribbling, but on this team. I think he's going to take more of a playmaking role, just uh, really good at just slotting in the forwards, and he's got some big guns up there. Unfortunately, didn't get to see Bernadeschi this game. Uh, I can't wait for him to get out in the field with uh, Dybala, Higuaín, Mandzukic. Uh, well, he would probably be taking one of those players out. So I think he's, uh, he's a great player and, and really looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring to you with this season.
0: But we did get to see Matuidi, which I was really surprised. You got to see two newcomers uh, for Juventus in this game and Douglas Cota and Matuidi coming on.
2: Yeah, he had a, he had a decent game himself. So maybe we will see Bernadeschi next week because, hey, Genoa has got an appointment at the Juventus waxing salon. And uh, I do think that even though Genoa is at home next week, they're going to just really, they're going to get their nails clipped, they're going to get their hair did, and then they're going to get that booty waxed (laughs) by Juventus. (laughs) Cagliari takes on Milan, so look for more of the same. Sounds like two more tune-ups for those two big clubs.
1: Let's go to another hot team, guys. Napoli, they're playing Hellas Verona. This one was also a tune-up for them. This one finished 3-0. Napoli's Ant Army play the most beautiful soccer of the weekend, taking it to Hellas 3-0. So, guys, Little League World Series started last week in Pennsylvania, and Napoli's average height is shorter than most of these (laughs) 12-year-olds playing in the tournament. We tweeted out that Hellas needed to cut the grass because it's just that tough to see Napoli out on the field there. (laughs) They're incredibly small in the field, but they start right where they left off last season with just beautiful style and getting results. Also need to mention uh, Hellas Verona's manager dressing for this game like a Little League 12-year-old. Did you guys see this? His shirt is clearly left inside out in the highlights uh, on Serie A. It's got him
2: man sia man. Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> it was probably I'm going crazy trying to figure out what the heck he's going to do against <laughs> Napoli before yeah. the game. Yeah. Why, Lord? <laughs> why do we get promoted and have to play these guys?
1: Yep. Yeah. That was Hellas' only fashion faux pas on the day, though, because their jerseys looked amazing. Uh, dark blue with yellow highlight, just good stuff. Definitely, if you're in the market for a new jersey, that was pretty sharp.
2: One's in the mail.
1: All right. Umber-
2: Umberto, we need that jersey. Man. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's another one for Umberto's wall, for sure. So the game itself, guys, irony in that the first Napoli goal is off a cross. Napoli is not going to win a lot of crosses with this lineup's height differential this season. But this one was actually a Hellas' own goal. Nicolás, the goalkeeper, knocking it in in his own net. And Italy uses VAR again in this game. Uh, they reviewed
2: this goal, and it did stand. So A shadow was cast over the ant army. Yeah, And so. they look up. It's the dreaded VAR. Yep.
1: This is uh, the second game we're covering, and we have the second example of VAR here. So on to the second goal, guys. Another beautiful run, setup, execution. Insigne, who just is killing it right now, all five, four of them sprints past the hellas defense, sends the through ball to charging Milik, who swipes right on the half volley, better than his Tinder commercial from last season. One of my favorite highlights of last year, guys.
0: Yeah, you don't shut up about it.
1: I know, that was funny. Last Napoli goal. What do you guys think? Goalkeeper Nicolas clearly contacted Mertens, runs into the box on a teardrop chip pass, it was beautiful. But he did knock in a Nikolas, and uh, Nicholas laying on the ground, either stunned or concussed, and Gulam, Gollum, my precious, runs onto the rebound and nets the third. So given that we're going to stop all this play because of VAR, if the goalie looks concussed out there, would you guys have stopped the play on this one?
0: All right, I take it back. I hate VAR. We've already talked about it way too much <laughs> on this
2: podcast. Already, man. Already.
1: Yeah. My theory on this, it, like we said at the beginning, it's, it's uh, fight week, hands up at all times. It's good advice for Nikolas and good advice for McGregor later this week. Guys, Napoli's beautiful day is ruined at the end. Bessa runs onto a chip, gets slightly su- shoved by Usai, and falls in the incorrect direction. This was talking about Marco, that just diving is going to continue because he got shoved one way and clearly fell the other way. Total BS, in my opinion. Beautiful, beautiful,
2: <laughs> beautiful dive.
1: Gets a straight red for Usai. Straight red, and he had a yellow already. I thought it, on your point, should have been a card for acting,
2: too. So. He, gets what what he gets a Chiellini. He gets a if you don't yeah. get If you don't dive right, you should get a card. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you're going to dive, you should be good at it. He gets a, he gets <laughs> a Chiellini.
1: Yeah. Well, the, P- Pazzini scores the PK for Hellas. There goes the clean sheet. Napoli... Uh, and there's the game. So Napoli wins that game. They also won today, taking it 4 nothing aggregate win over Nice today. Huge for their transfer window prospects, very late in the window. My question here for Marco, you just interviewed Stefano Bernardini a few weeks ago uh, on Financial Fair Play. Napoli's biggest concern is depth at this point in the season, and they advance today in the Champions League, so they get more money. It sounds about 60 million euros of TV money on the line. From what you discussed with Stefano, how is it justified that a team like Milan spends $200 million, but Napoli is hamstrung here, hoping and praying for $60 million? Uh, Is Champions
2: League worth it in this scenario? I mean, it's the golden question, right? Uh, it seems that Napoli's books are balanced. They're in good shape. They're able to keep all their players this season. And quite frankly, over the past three or four seasons, they sold some huge names. So I, I don't understand, you know, why they're not splashing the cash on a big defender this year. Yes, Champions League is worth it, but they need to potentially do something at the end of this transfer window. What do you think, Ted?
0: I think that Napoli is just being extremely fickle. I think that they realize that if you know if they don't make the uh, Champions League and they drop down to Europa, it's not going to be a huge... A uh, you know goal for them to win Europa, then they're going to go all in for the Scudetto and play with the team that they have. The fact that they held out for the sixty million just basically means that they're just kind of cheapskates. You know, they like Marco said, they've made a ton of money. I mean, they, they, they kept this team together by you know increasing everyone's salary and paying everybody a boatload of dough. They're just waiting for that. They're waiting for that to come in before they start flash flashing it around.
1: I guess my thing with this is that not I'm thrilled that Milan is back in play here, but they spent 200 million, basically a personal debt for 200 million. But then the organization that owns Milan is a different thing, and so they're in financial fair play. But 60 million euros is going to have an effect with Napoli on financial fair play. I mean, that can buy significant players, and the outcome of this game late in the transfer market affects them that way, that much. Um, I just don't understand why we're calling it financial fair play. It doesn't feel like we're on the same playing field
0: here.
2: It's like the VAR, man. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: Milan does get a loophole because they have a first-year organization. That how when what, to incentivize, you know, people to invest in teams in the league, um, they allow them to come in and splash around a bunch of cash. Now, not all not all new ownerships going to come in and do that, um, but you know, they they allow Milan to do it. And Milan took. Full advantage of it. I just think that you know you're talking about two different clubs, two different mentalities. Napoli is a southern team, and they, they try and make it on developing youth players um, and putting together you know pieces here and there. Milan is this enormous club that's super international that buys players from leagues all over the world, and they, you know they get this uh, they get the Chinese owners come in and they spend a gazillion bucks. Next year they're not going to be able to do the same thing without violating FFP.
1: We'll see. I, I, I do hope uh, financial fair play. I, th- I just think there's a day of reckoning coming for it that we're going to have to alter the, the rules of it to make it more
0: even. Read Guys. the instructions before you play the game, Chris. I guess. guess.
2: I have to say a couple things about this game before we move on. Uh, a couple things. Besa from uh, Elas Verona is just, he lo, he had a great game and he's looking sharp. He reminds me a little bit of Diego Perotti. Uh, not as quick, but definitely has that in cut. He's a right footed guy. He's got the creativity. Simone Verde, he's an ex Roma player, really good. But guys, if you're watching this game on BN, maybe the most. Entertaining thing of this of the match other than Napoli's play is is Mr. Tancredi Palmieri announcing this game. That guy is hilarious when he's old.
0: He's too excited to even get like the next words out of his mouth. I mean him and Ray Hudson doing a game together might be the craziest duo of all time. Would he, be epic for sure. He has
2: a word, it's like unnecessary or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you guys will catch it soon.
0: Yeah.
1: Chief Pronunciator catching that in the commentary. Um all right, so Napoli looking awesome this, this uh, season. Really looking forward to covering them. Let's go to another southern team in Roma. Roma played Atalanta. Tad, you got this one. It was a one nothing finish for Roma.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. Central Italian team Okay, in Roma. All right. There, there's the capital, and then there's the north, and then there's the south. <laughs> yeah, the EDF era begins with three points with suited-up Toti looking on from the stands. Um, speaking of suited-up and EDF, guys... Is EDF actually Elvis Costello as the coach of Roma?
1: There's going to be a lot of jokes with those jet glasses, man, right? Mm-hmm. I said Squints Paladuras last week. He's
0: watching the detectives. The de- the, no, that's, is that Tom Waits? No, that's Elvis Costello. Yeah, yeah, he's watching the detectives, baby. I mean, he looks exactly like Elvis Costello, <laughs> you watch. especially in that black suit.
2: You watch one of these days. It's going to be one of the big games, and all of a sudden, all the lights in the Olimpico will turn off, and then a ray of light will shoot down in the center circle, and it's edf with a guitar solo just ripping it
0: (laughs) well going on with the like unlikelihood of that ever happening (laughs) i never thought i would say it but thank god that roma have an ex otfr player on the team the first league goal scored in the post toti era is by alexander Kolarov. An ex-OTFR player. There's a weird tidbit, for he sure. S- he, scores the, uh, he scores the free kick, It's cute going beneath the wall, and does the VAR, a dance that no one will ever see in public by Alexander Kolarov. Guys, the narrative leading up to Week 1 for Roma fans has not been a good one. There seems there's been every reason given my Roma should be concerned, rather excited for Game 1 against Atalanta, a team actually... If you if you look back, Roma hasn't beaten them since twenty fourteen. And there's even a lot of people not even picking Roma to you know finish in Champions League this year. You look at all these things that you heard. We lost key players, Rudiger, Salar, uh, and, Salar. and Paredes. We lost Spalletti. We don't yet have a marquee signing. You know, the players are supposedly distracted by the stadium stuff. They struggled in ICC. they got smoked by Celta Viga, no Toti, no party. You know, EDF isn't that great, and Roma didn't play a four three three. You know, last season, which was their best season points wise. There's a former OTFR player on the team. That's, I mean, maybe sleeper cell is Kolarov's name. He looks like he looks like he's in there like a <laughs> like a mole trying to get this thing going, and you know. I would say the main thing that I wasn't looking forward to this season is that Daniele De Rossi still hasn't returned any of my calls or my
2: texts. (laughs) Unbelievable, man. Sorry about that, Ted.
0: But one thing that hasn't changed about this Roma team between the end of last season and the beginning of this one is their tough one. Roma are still winning tough games on the road that past Roma teams would have just packed it in and settled for a point. And this game, guys, it was ugly they won ugly, and that's what we've been saying they have to do if they want to catch Juventus.
2: Yeah, well, you know, when you have that that leadership in the midfield and they were able to re-sign Strutman, uh, they extended De Rossi's contract and Nengolan. it's huge. You know, when you have that core put together, uh, I actually, you know, looking back at Roma over this weekend and talking about some of the Roma club guys, we have good depth in a lot of the positions you know we're we're just looking for maybe that right winger to come in but then again we have Florenzi coming in over over the hill hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later it's these key players that are able to keep the team together right now and that's why we'd be able to grind out a win against Atalanta at home
0: well if you look at these key players that had an impact on to, on that this game was you know Juan Jesus was one who played uh, in center back that you know, had 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 a great game for us. De Rossi, obviously being the captain, Kolarov with his goal was great. Alison had a had a solid debut. He
1: was awesome. No rebounds. I I was really happy
0: with Allison. Ninja had a good game. Still trying to figure out that four three three, but you know, so yeah, they were able to grind it out. And you know, there there are some questions in back, so there are some questions up front. You know, Papu Gomez, man, talk about somebody picking up right where he left off. I mean, he gave Roma's defenders fits. He's Dustin Parrish, left and right. Rome had no answer for him. In my opinion, he was the best player on the field, if not the most adorable player on the field.
1: I, I got to come clean, guys. I watched it again this weekend. Baila Papu. it's too catchy. It's too catchy. It's Tancredi, not going away.
2: Tancredi Palmieri did it for on one of the extras, oh, the B in the extra, and that is something that we should post on our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, it, it wasn't a great match overall, guys, and you can't really blame Atalanta for not having their big, you know, their two big impact players. As to they lost in Cassi and Conti; those are two huge losses for them. They didn't really do much against Roma last year, and it seems like Atalanta is, you know, going to be doing just fine. But the the four three three, Roma's having tr- trouble with it. Still, um, they're not used to playing the back four. You know, Fazio seems to be too slow for the back four. Uh, you know, the, the midfielders are still trying to kind of figure out their positioning. Uh, you know, the attack really has had going, but enough about me, guys, guys, where do you see there the main areas for improvement for Roma going forward?
2: Enough about you. You mean Ernest Hemingway because of the beard? Yes. <laughs> right. You all, man. No, but, uh, I, I do see some areas of improvement for Roma. Uh, I mean, for me. It still comes down to that right wing. I like the Feral this weekend. I like that we can you know we still have some backups and in in El Sharawi El coming in he really comes in usually on the left wing but you know again we got Florenzi, who's hopefully going to be back from in, in from fitness and we didn't see Jengis under this weekend um, but again a big name up up front would really change a lot. Uh, for Roma, uh, unfortunately, you know we saw Bruno Peres, uh His seemed like he, maybe he had a, a yeah, he two two had
0: two weeks, two weeks of thigh hurt. strain.
2: Yeah, a thigh strain. So he's a Roma, he's a Roma
0: fullback. He's yeah. going to be hurt. <laughs> That's right. Hurt.
2: I mean, when 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 that is like a, a constant season in season out, you know okay. that you might need some backup there. And again, Florenzi going to be able to fill in in that position. But really, again, the main area of improvement is going to be that right wing some superstar hopefully that comes in lifts the whole team around the fans and then can create the the that game winning pass or or finish that that we had last season with salar salar salar
1: i'm gonna take it from the tactics guys i'm still not hot on edf i'm I'm pulling for him. I'm hopeful, but uh, I think our strongest point is our midfield. And uh, if we're not utilizing guys like Nangolan, De Rossi, Strutman to the best of our abilities, that comes down to the tactics, in my opinion. So uh need, need to improve on that and make sure we're using our best weapons the best way.
0: Three things, guys. One, Marco, you're going to say Ernest Hemingway. Dude, Patania looks like Ernest Hemingway. No joke. Patan- Patania looks like... You know, Ernest Hemingway is a World War One fighter pilot. You know, if he has one more of these lame, goalless games, I'm going to insist that he wears a leather hat with goggles and a white scarf every time he goes <laughs> on the field. But anyways, so I said, okay, that was one. <laughs> Two, I think the problem is in the attack, we need to find the goals. Salah was a wrecking machine up front, and because he was a wrecking machine up front, the defense really didn't have as much pressure put on him. I see Munir coming in. Uh you know there's Berardi they have those names linked to it but guys the third thing and the last thing I want to leave it with Roma is Ferraro Sampdoria's president says that Roma's by far in the lead for the signing of Schick.
1: Yeah what what do you think of Schick being seemingly the only piece of that that doesn't want to go to Roma?
0: Uh, you know I mean it, he he's a kid. You know I mean it's it's not like it's, no, it's not like they're shipping him to another country it's not like they're shipping him to a team um, that uh uh you know has no chance i think maybe he's he's read a lot of the italian press and he thinks that roma's not going to finish in champions league but come on man you can come in and you can be the difference maker for a team um that gets them in the champions league and roma smoked inter last year you know so I mean, you know it's 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 an embarrassment of riches for a guy who got you know put on the curb by Juventus, um, but I think that he would be a huge addition for Roma.
2: I, I think the only issue with this uh, whole transfer is the fact that some Doria's president Ferrero said that you know there's a clear leader. Man, I don't trust that guy. Man, he, he is too crazy. <laughs> is that so man crazy. is too crazy to believe. So just because he said that. I think that the deal might not go through. Yeah,
0: yeah for sure. He's, 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 he's turning Inter upside down and shaking shaking out the money out of their pocket. He's like
2: the Cassano of presidents.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. There's Roma looking forward to a big match this week against Inter. Let's talk about Inter's last game from week one. They played Fiorentina. Marco, you got this game. This was a grudge match for me after the transfer market. 3-0 finish in Inter's favor. How did it play out?
2: Well, Inter's on that Spalletti flow, and they're attacking like clockwork. Uh, and making just a good first impression in their home opener. Inter bags all three points from Fiorentina. They're saying thanks to the players, and thanks for the early season morale booster. But really, the truth is the score doesn't do the game justice because Fiorentina showed some quality throughout the pitch. Quality. Though not necessarily in the final third. Quality. The new signing Simeone, Gio Simeone, Diego Simeone's son, he looked a real danger up top, but it's Eseric who was handed the number 10 upon arrival from Nice, who really impressed me. I mean, this guy was smooth on the ball, but as luck would have it if you're Fiorentina. He does his knee in, and it looks like he won't be back until December. You got a feel for him and the Viola.
0: Esseric isn't that that movie that Matt Damon's in about the colony on the moon?
2: Exactly. <laughs> so Inter could have probably had a couple more goals. Overall, 3-0, a fair result. But guys, Mario, Mauro Icardi, I mean... He, He's continuing his form from the end of last season a man the man is the inter captain looking good definitely had a man of the match performance he tucks in an early pK and then guides a nice header past Tato Rosano. I mean he got an awesome standing O at the end of the game Chris, I know hindsight is 2020 but last season you had it in for Ricardi you said he's on the way out Inter stuck with him He stuck with Inter. Now what do you think?
1: I'm just making sure that the Inter Milan Ultras, remember the autobiography that he released last season? It's coming out in paperback this week, so just reignite that controversy uh, in case you didn't get it the first time. That's where Riccardi basically just called all of them out saying you're all a bunch of scumbags. It's, uh, it's that's being, your captain talking it's
0: being <laughs> translated into English on audible.com yeah, exactly. actually guys stay tuned I think that Chris is going to have a special podcast episode every week where he reads a chapter aloud
2: hmm <laughs> For
0: what, that for that book with Icardi? Yeah. No, the other book it. we're talking about, Chris, a Hemingway <laughs> book.
2: Umberto, we need to get that book, man.
1: Yeah, no. I, I uh hey look, nothing cures uh ills like winning, right? And so Icardi seemingly is the future for, for Inter and uh so long as they keep winning, they'll be happy with him. But
0: Icardi but, blows hot and cold, but yeah. I do gotta say, guys, it's the, it's the first stages of I told you so, of Spalletti making Acardi, you know, just an unstoppable goal scoring machine, even more so than he has been in the past.
2: Let's see. What about the statistics for this one? Yeah, and as I mentioned, you know this was was actually a, a really good game, despite the score. Inter really had the shots and the possession, just tipping their way. But you know, Fiorentina right now, I feel bad for them. Uh, they're just a bit bruised and battered from the transfer window, and even though they made some decent purchases too, it seems like there's a cloud over the team. Uh, I, you know, the, it seems like they're trying to balance the books and thinking of selling. And it doesn't help that Astori, who gets the captain's armband, is another victim of the dreaded VAR.
0: Ugh. Well, he was trashed this game, too, as well. I mean, he was in way over his head.
2: And he gives up the PK in the first five minutes of the game. Now his team's climbing uphill the rest of the game. I mean, from there, it just seemed like it wasn't going to be Fiorentina's night. Fiorentina, man. I mean, like they
0: basically... They trained for like 30 seconds together before they they came to this game. So I don't really hold against Fiorentina, especially since they're basically coming in, playing half their team, um, you know, in the scrimmage. So if anybody knows them as well as, uh, you know, as they can, it's their own players. And Pioli, guys, one thing he showed us in the past is, is unless the conditions are absolutely perfect for victory, he's not going to come in and be, you know, be the man. What surprised me about Spalletti, though, an intern in this game was his lineup, man, starting Vecino over Galliardini. I mean, Marco, you touched on that last week about how you really was hoping he was bringing on Galliardini. He starts Nagatomo. Like, Nagatomo, I mean, he's still pulling splinters out of his ass from last year. Yeah. Uh, You know, he comes in and gets a start in a grudge match, again, against Fiorentina. It's, it's, you know, them and and Roma versus Atalanta, probably the two toughest matchups for, you know, top 10 teams going in, in the season. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty surprised by some of these lineup choices that Spalletti made, but, I mean, that's never changed. I never can figure out what he's doing with lineups.
2: Yeah, well, we were wishing that Totti would play more last season. Now we're wishing Gallardini would start. And uh, Spalletti just has a way to disappoint us. You know, he's still winning games. The handyman, too, impressed
0: me in this game. The handyman had some great saves. That one against Babacar was particularly nice.
2: Last thing, Borja Valero, the beardless Borja Valero, Valero looking at, looking like a uh, kind of hunchback Zizou out there. But, you know, he's got the geographical coordinates of Ponte Vecchio on his arm. but his, And his heart is in Florence. And he just really had a solid game. It's amazing. You know, it seemed like Spain has had so many talents in the midfield. Guys, remember, uh, I even hear Matteo Bonetti from BN talking about how he never broke into the national team because of Fabregas, Iniesta, Xavi, Sabi, But, you know... It's, it's, it's amazing. I think he's going to be the pendulum for that team, and I'm really looking forward to Inter. Uh, hopefully, they'll have some growing pains uh, next week.
1: All right. All right, guys. Let's go to Bologna and Torino. This one finished 1-1. VAR controversy again grabs the headline, disallowing a late Torino winner in Bologna. Oh! Beginning with the most important elements of any new season, guys... The uniforms. Torino rocking Arsenal-tight Kappa jerseys, which are getting me more excited than the McGregor-Mayweather fight. I gotta be honest. Did you guys see these? Tight Kappa jerseys with the Kappa signature down the sleeves?
2: Not my favorite, but I do like Kappa jerseys. Yeah,
0: I'm a big fan of Kappa. But I'm wh- not. I'm double X-S on Kappa. <laughs> Get tight, <time>, Kappa. <laughs>
1: The uh, Bologna, wearing Italy's standard red, red-blue combination, so not happy about that. But my old Metro star hero, Roberto Donadoni, still pacing the sidelines for them. So me and Bologna, remaining on good terms. The game itself, guys. Bologna strike first. Di Francesco settles a Hail Mary cross with his chest, buries the bouncing volley for the lead of the game, one nothing. But Torino comes back. And Torino, still known on our podcast at least as Roma Hospital, Gets former Romanista Yajic outside the box with a low shot. And goalkeeper Marante should have had it, but he didn't. So we're at 1-1. Torino carried by Yajic and, and Falke more so than uh, their $100 million man Bolotti in this game. Uh, but should have won this one. Uh, they had a controversial call. Torino's Behringer thought he was onside, got a goal, but the linesman raised the flag, which under VAR rules is not reviewable. And the goal got disallowed, so Torino dropping two points in this one because of VAR. So, guys, the question for this one: Should VAR already need an amendment in their rule for whether that should be a reviewable
2: call? Tad, you said it yourself, man. Let's—we all need to read the rules, right? It's just—I uh, don't know. It's—it's going to be like this: people complaining about you know having the technology and then they don't want it. This is what I'm saying. It's sucking the soul out. I want everything. I want the refs to be making decisions and the mistakes. If if that's the case, just so be it. But
0: the ref did make the decision in this case. He raised the flag, and that the VAR didn't wasn't able to go back and challenge it. So how is that any different than if there was or was not Colorado's favorite dance?
2: Because now there's that drama, and people just always find something to complain about. Too much
0: Borghetti in the Italian stands, man. They're gonna riot.
1: Yeah. So there you have it. Torino dropping two points on this one. 1-1. Disappointing start to their season. Guys, let's take a quick break and do the second part of the weekend.
0: This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high quality new and used office furniture for all size jobs ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Cove America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair.
1: Right. OTFR versus Spal. This one finished 0-0. Ted, what do
0: you got for us? Probably know a lot about OTFR just by hating on them. Anyways, OTFR follows up their stunning win over UBI in the Supercopa by drawing a newly promoted team at home. I'm not really going to talk about OTFR during the game that much because a day honestly belonged to Spal. First game in 49 years, they have over 2,000 fans that traveled from Ferrara. You know, kind of put that in perspective 49 years. You know, the last time Spall was playing in the Serie A, their fans were probably driving and, you know, and like traveling like VW vans with tie dye jerseys. You know, looking forward to you know, like the next Hendrix album. You know, now they can ignore. Now, you know, fans travel. They're ignoring each other in spark cars. You know, playing Candy Crush and you know, feeling the sting that Taylor Swift just shut down her social media.
1: But new new music
0: this Friday. Super excited. Not really. But well, the times they are a changing. To go back to 1968 on this one. But you know, but this small time provincial team that spent next to nothing. On their transfer window, I think something like less than $6 million. I don't know if we're factoring in the Boriello deal at this point. But, you know, they rolled in the capital, withstood the racial chants from the OTFR fans that have sparked yet another federation inquiry. And they managed to roll out with a point. And, act- honestly, they could have snaked three points if uh, Federico Viviana didn't hit the post on a shot. You know, a great day for Spald to catch an O V F R team, you know, basically still high-fiving each other after beating Juventus in the Super Cup. Yeah.
2: Unbelievable, man! I think you know. I think that's how this this season is going to be for OTFR. They're going to be the Jacqueline Hyde, especially if they lose Keita Balde at the very end of the transfer window. If is more of a when, and uh,
0: yeah, an OTFR star and you know human troll doll Balda waits in limbo on his future. He wants to go to Juventus, but Juventus doesn't want to pay Balda money for him. Milan have been rumored to offer Niang and or Paletta plus fifteen mil for him. But that seems about as, you know, that seems about as realistic as the White Walkers travel around with those huge chains just waiting to pull out a dead dragon from the frozen lake so they can have a, a White Walker dragon. Come on, bro. Oh, wait a minute. Zombie <laughs> armies rolling around, frigging chains ready to pull that thing out. Come on, bro. I knew that was going
2: to happen, man. <laughs>
1: Who didn't see that coming? Yeah. What do you think with Boriello? You think uh, this is a huge signing for Spall, going to be a game changer for them? Do they stay up in Serie A now that Boriello's on their
0: squad? Well, they fought hard. What are they missing from this game? Goal. A goal. A goal. Yeah. Who scored a bunch of them in the Serie A? Yeah. Boriello. Boriello, the bomber. He's going to be the man. I, you know, he's he's going to look good in whatever color jersey you throw on him. The pit has moved to Spall. Has moved to Ferraro. <laughs> Just get ready for the writhing.
1: Yep, La Vita del Bomber. So Spall's excited about it. We're expi- excited to have Boriello still in Syria and making big noise for uh, for a podcast.
0: OTFR, though, they've been weakened this week. Wesley Hote, their, their young Dutch center back, is signed with Southampton, and that was confirmed today by sporting director Iglitare of OTFR, which sounds more like a latrine on a pirate ship than an Italian sport director. <laughs>
2: All right. Huh? All right. Uh, the pirate ship latrine, Iglitare? Yeah. Yep. Come on. Nice. We're definitely, or do
0: I get a Chiellini for that we're one? We're <laughs> definitely peaking
2: <laughs> on red on that one. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, all right. So Spall, big result against OTFR in, in uh, week one. Any given Sunday, guys. Let's keep going. We've got Udinese and Kievo. This one finished 1-2, Marco. What do you got for us?
2: Yeah, uh, well... They may be in the same genus, but the little donkeys take the little zebras down at the Frioli stables. Oh, look at that. Which by the way seemed a lot more full than they actually were. It's those multicolored seats, yeah, guys. They can be deceiving. This trick the eye. It's like looking at the eclipse and then looking down.
0: <laughs> I <right>. yeah, I <laughs> that's really good.
2: No, I was watching the game. I was like, "Whoa, that stadium's packed." Oh, no. They got you again, man. Well, it is that modern stadium. That's why they invested in it. Uh, Udinese and Chievo just battle out in a nicely contested matchup. Actually, Kiev slips away uh, slips away with the win thanks to Mega Strike for Sir Walter. I'm sorry, Sir Walter, and that's Walter with a V. Uh, he also gets the first assist to Bobby English, who I would not ex- have expected to stay at Kiev. He's 25 years old, and after the end of last season, you know, I, I really expected him to move on.
1: Kievo needs to keep him just to keep their age down below 45 years old.
0: <laughs> below 345 yeah, years old, you mean? Exactly.
2: Guys, HDCT on the board again. He scores one against the X. He's tying up the game right before the half. Uh, but then in the second half, Sir Walter slaps one from. 25 out. He curls at U9 and grabs the three points despite Udinese outperforming Kievo in all stat categories. No Bajic appearance this week this weekend. And uh, you know, I'm really more sad about that because I, I love saying his name. Uh, but we did get to see some good old rat boy. Laziale,
0: oh, oh, curse word? I, oh. the season. Good old rat boy. Let's, let's o- give him a, a biglia. What's that card going to be? You got to get fined, man. <laughs> you got to get a Ratlitch card.
2: A good old rat boy, Otifarian Berami, making an appearance. I wasn't even watching the game live, guys, but my hair stood up on the back of my head at 4:30 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. Now I know why. <laughs> um, guys, you know next week. Udinese will be the first to witness Mighty Spall with their new boy Troy Boriello. And uh, I, I, you know, we'll see what happens there. I'm, I'm rooting for Udinese because they're one of my squads. And then Chievo gets to feast off the remains of Vasari OTFR. Uh, well, hopefully they don't get the Supercoppa OTFR because then they're in <coughs> big trouble. Yeah, any given Sunday, but,
1: man, Spal just gets instantly more interesting now that Boreal is there. Oh, right?
0: yeah, oh, yeah, and my, and my bank account just became $90 less. <laughs> my two big takeaways from this game, guys, Biersa Castro, and Bobby English all pick up where they left off. Problem is, he's probably just going to be in, like, last year where the rest of the team can't keep up. And Udinese, guys, even though they lost this game, they're they not afraid of shooting the ball. Fofana, Principal Strickland, otherwise known as Halfordson— Hdct and of course the mighty Duck Man himself Kevin Lasagna.
1: <laughs> yep, Hooters. Uh, I'm still interested by them I'm with their with their own stadium, so looking forward to big things with them. Let's keep going, guys. It is officially the end of the podcast with Richard Whittle's Danger Zone. Uh oh. The, the Danger,
2: danger Zone. zone. Uh-uh. So we cover.
1: Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We cover the teams most likely to be relegated, and after one week, uh, it's kind of ridiculous to say someone's going to be relegated. But Crotone is just as likely to win the Scudetto as they are to end up in Serie B. So, oh,
0: Just just as likely?
1: Just as likely. <laughs> after week one, let's let's uh, stay hopeful. The Cloutons. So keep that in mind in our first Danger Zone uh, segment of the podcast this season. But we're going to start with Crotone and Milan. This one finished 3 nothing. Crotone losing a crushing home opener. Just kidding, podcast land. Milan's epic summer continues to roll with a 3 0 statement win over Crew Town Nation. We got to start this game, guys, in the four minutes in game changing red card situation. Crotone brought down in the box, originally given a yellow card for diving or whatever we're, we're saying about that.
2: The VAR.
1: <laughs> but VAR comes in, reverses the call. And Crotone's Ceccherini gets sent off instead. And you can hear all of southern Italy gasping, winter is coming. Not an ideal way for Crotone to defend staying up in the Serie A, guys. Four minutes into the campaign, and they're down a man.
0: They, I mean, basically, against Milan means not only is winter coming, the Night King has already hit a dragon with a spear, <laughs> exactly. and they've already dragged it out of the lake, and it's already, that dragon's come back to life, and it's melted the wall.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, some foreshadowing right there let's uh yeah we go right to it with marco's man frank kessie my man wearing red and black instead of blue and black this season uh for milan sending it home sending it home for one nothing milan in this game second goal comes 10 minutes later suzo shimmying through the box near post chip and a sprinting cutrone who again is involved in a scoring play heads it home
2: who did cutrone score against this week everybody crotone no, crotone <laughs> against crotone
1: yep there's one for you had an epic game he has a cherry on top in this game too returning the favor to Souza with a back pass suzo slices it home for the three nothing finisher and that's your ball game for my beloved croutons hard to expect anything from them going down to 10 men in the fourth minute goalkeeper cordaz looked as good as he could except for this new peach fuzz bleach blonde haircut that he's going on i don't get this we're just just keep our dignity and keep the attention on the Crotone shirt, which looks, is still sponsored by a metal company.
0: He, he looks like somebody scared the Merida out of him in the summer, but he did have a, an amazing save in this game, that full extended left.
1: Yep, he is uh, truly a good goalkeeper, and Crotone's going to need that this season. So Forza Pitagorici, Forza Pit- Pitagoras. For the Milanisti out there, it was the Crotone show. Milan continue to steamroll and ride a wave of momentum into this season. They are just killing it. And you can feel it. Even at the Milan Club Philly event, they invited the Crotone Club Philly to watch their game, feeling confident. There is a Crotone Club Philly? Well, I was offering to go up and represent Crotone Club Philly, but...
0: You're, you're, not, you're Crotone Club USA. Yeah. Come on, you're Crotone right. Club USA. But you are. Yes. With at- a capital V-A-R, <laughs> Crotone Club USA.
1: At Milan Club Philly invited them in and saying it would be their honor to to have Crotone Club show up at their event.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, you could start the hashtag most Italian thing ever where you could roll around and be vocal that the only reason Crotone doesn't win every game is because the... <sighs> that was meant to be thunder and lightning. Nice. V-A-R. Uh, yeah. Rains you down
2: and then uh chris i 'm sure you, you you know you went up to that game this weekend with your bike, right you know a you got to represent absolutely with, with Nicola davide you went up there
1: i li- I like that tag Crotone, u s a it 's no longer crotone d c yeah
0: I think that Milan fans got to be breathing a sigh of relief that Crotone went down to ten, and they were to wax him out because I think i 'm not the only one that felt like Montella you know is basically d Wade's son right now, and the the Chinese ownership has just given him the keys. To three hundred thousand dollar Ferrari and been like, hey, drive this for the first time. Um, you know, he's able to pull, get that get that boosting win against a ten men team that's going to be relegated this year. Freaking Bonaventura is already out there talking that ish. You know, saying how they they've taken every team's best player and they're gonna you know they're gonna win the Scudetto. But my big thing with Catrone because Crotone is desperately trying to get him. Crotone, Catrone. It's and easy. Every, yeah, yeah. It's it's broadcast pronunciator definitely is going to have to. Get on that one. But, you know, they just signed Kalinic. They just got him on a loan. And that's supposed to be, like, the big piece that they're missing. So Kalinic is in a in a Milan jersey. But Catrone, just another young Italian star ripping it up. What are they going to do with him now that they have Kalinic?
1: I, I don't... See any need for them to sell at this point? I think if they're going to do any big sales, they're going to see how I mean, it's just one game, right? Catrone had one epic big game.
0: Yeah, well, he's had every game he's played in since he's been up with the first team. He's played really well. I mean, Kalinic obviously is a proven Serie A talent, but I mean, who who are you more excited about right now in the Serie A, Catrone or Kalinic?
1: I think Kalinic is a bigger signing. I Catrone
0: No, I, and yeah, granted, but Catrone, like you're more excited about him because he has another big Italian, you know, young star. You think they're going to keep him? You think they're going to loan him out? What's the deal here?
2: They'll loan him out, in my opinion. Now Be- or in the winter? I, no, I think the now. I think now because they're bringing in Kalinic, and it, you know they already have a young forward in Silva, and he's he's already kind of a big deal. So, you know, Kutrone, very happy for him, doing very well, and I could see him being the future. But for me, guys, uh, you know, this game is just... A, a, a nice game for Milan to have and test out their pieces and their youth and, and just kind of ease into the season. Um, Milan, though, man, I'm excited about them this season. I can't wait to see what they do.
1: Yeah, Tad was right. Uh, they needed to win this game. Uh would have been a huge letdown if they lost to Crotone to open up the, the campaign. But-,
0: but Crotone did him a big salad.
1: Let's keep going, guys, to another recently promoted team, Benevento. They took on Sampdoria. Tad, what happened in this game?
0: We got a 2-1 Sampdoria win. Quags, Fabio Cuellar, make Samp fans forget Muriel, and he has become the olive-faced assassin Ooh. with a brace. Ooh, There's got to be a face and some sort of death going on in this team. Otherwise, they're really not worth watching.
2: Glistening.
0: We got to start off on the right foot here. Market dude. Amato Ciceretti goes into Benevento history books alongside Roman consul Tiberius Gracchus, the emperor Trajan, Saint Padre Pio for scoring the first goal in Syria Ah history for Benevento Calcio. Bravo, Bravo, well done.
2: This uh, calls for an olive shot, bringing it back from last season, guys. I think uh, I'm a man now, so I, I don't think I'll be coughing from this extra virgin olive oil. Here we go. Ciceretti! congratulations. And congratulations, Benevento. And the oh.
1: aftershock
2: goes down so smooth. And it's kicking in. Yeah, there's the little grunts. There, it. There's the green death. Fight
1: it. <laughs> All right, what else happened, Tad?
2: Well, I mean, if, you know, if we're talking... <laughs> there we go. There Jeez, man, what the hell's going on in there?
0: If we're comparing Cicciareti to, you know, like the Emperor Trajan, Tiberius Gravicus, and Padre Pio, undoubtedly he's the only one of these esteemed contributor, con- uh, contributors to the majesty of Benevento to be adorned with a Twitter logo tattoo. You guys remember that? I would have it again. Why not? Let's put we, it out there. We were the 500th person to like his Twitter post about how if he gets 500 Twitter likes, he's going to get the Twitter tattoo. So we put that on him. And honestly, Ciceretti kind of sounds like Twitter in Italian. If there was going to be a different way, Yeah, no? I, I can see it. Right. I hear it. Unfortunately, this game would not be long for the new boys and, you know, quite honestly, 23-year-old wingers. This game belonged to the giggity goal scorer himself, Quags. Two goals that proved to be the difference, the Benevento yeah, the, the better of defense couldn't see him like Trump looking at the Eclipse without special sunglasses.
2: Great picture. Great picture on uh, on social media there.
0: Torreira, man, he was a beast in this game. He's living up all to the preseason hype after you know his solid campaign last year. He was creating chances. He was making tackles. He was making dribbles. He was playing box-to-box in the middle. You know, he's playing the way that Sampdoria is going to need for them to stay competitive in the Serie A. Um, you know, the thing to to take away from me for this team is Samp, they're going to have to make it on grit and determination like they always do with or without Luis Muriel or Schick. Benevento, I think they just let us all know that there's going to be no easy games against them. They played tough. Yep.
1: well, it's it's good to see they're, they're putting an effort in, but, uh... That's uh, going to be a long season for Benevento, I think.
0: But interesting for Sampdoria, they have, they're on the verge of getting two Napoli players. Lorenzo Tonelli, we didn't see him in Napoli at all, not that we really expected him in this last game. And guys, the one that's more interesting for me is Duvan Zapata. You know, Duvan Zapata could go for as much as $20 million to be Schick's replacement we don't really think of him as a Napoli player because he played you know, for Udinese on loan for the last two years. And I think he's basically getting shipped off because, as Chris pointed out, he's way too tall to play on Napoli. <laughs> he's, he's, basi- he's basically with, with standing on Drace Merton's shoulders, standing on Cali
1: Horn's shoulders. All right. Uh, what do we got? One more game for week one, guys. we got Sassuolo and Genoa. This one finished in a 0-0
0: draw. Game of the week.
2: Game of the week. Game of the week. WAK. W of the week.
0: Alright. I tried. Marcos yeah. the resident singer.
2: Guys, zero zero, the perfect way to end the podcast. <laughs> uh, Snoozing. Sasualo and Genoa just easing their way into the new season. I am disappointed, despite having Genoa as one of my squads this season, that we didn't see more out of Sassuolo's trident. Because Politano, Falcinelli, what do we call him? The dirty rooster? Yeah. Gallo sporco. That haircut is just ridiculous. And Berardi are the kind of forwards that create chances and take risks. Two shots from Facinelli and Berardi, only one from Politano. That's just not good enough. Um, But a good game from Cannavaro, the other Cannavaro. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But other than that, really not much to see here, guys. That's
1: that's a bold statement, Cotton, for uh, calling... Anything with Sassuolo or Trident after they lost
0: half their roster to Roma. I think the one thing that's got to be pointed out for Jenna with this game, though, is they started a 15-year-old player.
2: Yep, Mora.
0: Mora. Mora, I mean, apparently, you know, he's too young to trim his own nails or his mom isn't doing it because he came on touching his face and he had the long-ass nails. He's either too young to trim him or he's just one of those weirdos that, like, has one or two really long... Plays classical guitar and his time off. Maybe he's a bass player, yeah.
2: Right. So Sassuolo's next game is against Torino, which should be a fun one to watch. I actually think that Sassuolo is going to take that one. Uh, and then Genoa plays Juve. And uh, again, they, they really they just picked up the free coupon for a, a free wax. And uh, they're going to be smooth as a baby's butt by the end of this week.
0: Yeah. Big shout out to the Reddit blog, though, on Genoa. Apparently it's this guy uh, based out of London who just graduated, as they would say there, uni um and uh, you know just picked up genoa as his team and it is picking but, genoa that's gonna be brutal
1: man but super cool right i mean we definitely want pe- see more of that just pick an italian team find a reason to cheer for them we hope you get as excited about syria as we are so well done i hope if genoa is your team read the blog it's definitely going to be interesting
0: by mark dobbs one right.
1: on reddit all right so check that out uh, guys well done that's our first week in the books only 37 more to go Let's finish off this podcast with the awards, guys. What was your goal of the week? Start off with Tad.
0: Goal of the week for me, I'm going to have to go to Cicciareti, getting the first goal for Benevento in their history. It's my team. I'm the resident Benevento expert, Ciceretti, I'm the one that got him his Twitter tattoo, so I feel just a personal connection to him. So call me back, you know, Let's hang out, bro.
2: Beautiful goal from Walter Walter with a V, Sir Walter Birza, curled one from 25 against my, my own little Zebrete. So uh, good to you, Birza, and still don't really know why you're still at Chievo. I'm uh, going with Napoli.
1: I just they, They're playing the most beautiful soccer in Italy right now. Their second goal with Milik tapping in on the volley. Uh, Insigne making that run and getting that through ball through. That was really good stuff. All right, guys. There's week one in the books. Let's look ahead to week two. The predictions for the game of the week. Even though we're Romanisti here, I think the entire table would agree. Roma v Inter is definitely going to be the storyline. Spalletti's return to Roma after last season. How do you guys see this coming
2: out? Man, I'm just. Uh, I'm hoping that that Inter just kind of stumbles a little bit here because I think they're coming in hot. Roma, solid win against Atalanta. They're going to have their home fans behind them. Uh, You might hear some whistles for Mr. Spalletti, especially after he didn't play Totti as much as he probably should have at the end of last season. Um, But I honestly think that it's going to be a tie 2-2. There will be some goals, uh, and Roma's going to maybe be a little unconvincing. That's unfortunately my prediction for this week.
0: You know, after Roma's basically handled Inter like crazy the past couple seasons, if there ever was a time for Inter to take advantage of Roma, it's going to be this week. Even though it's a home opener for Roma, the back line just seems too disorganized to be able to stop that, uh, that, that Inter attack. So I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going 2-1 Inter in this game.
1: I'm uh, gonna throw down the gauntlet for uh, Mr. De francesco here. I want to root for you. I really want this to be your your run with Roma. You're gonna do great things for our club, but this is the first real opportunity to prove it. Prove that you're more tactically uh, adept with Roma this this game. You're gonna win this one two nothing. Roma taking their first home
0: game. Two nothing. Yes. Show yep. me something. Show that, me something. That will that will send into right back and overrated.
1: Yep. All right, so there's our predictions for the game of the week. Let's go to the Danger Zone game of the W-E-A-K game of the week. We tapped this one for Crotone versus Hellas Verona, guys. I think it's Crotone going to be trying to keep all 11 men on the field for more than five minutes this week. That's my hope. And then Hellas tries to put all their uniforms on correctly and not inside out this week. So it's a little bit trashy this week for... uh,
2: I'll agree with that prediction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If both of those things happen, success. Success for Syria. That's right. I'm gonna go negative one to negative one in this game. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go V A R three Ellis and Cretona Compine for zero.
1: All right, guys. We wanna remind everyone again, we've got social media. Please follow us. We've got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Curve America is all one word on those. Um,
0: <laughs> rate and comment.
1: please rate and comment on uh, iTunes we're on Google Play now we're also on SoundCloud and you can find us uh, on uh, asroma360.com as well so until week tw- two happens we're looking forward to it ragazzi, di I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to try to do it in uh, Asubio di Costello Arrivederci Ciao Ciao, 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 ciao